In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, the guys are talking with Carl Rictanis with Learn Platform. We've got the East Initiative update and more. That's up next on EduTech Guys. EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio. I'm David Henderson. Hey, and I'm Jeff Madlock. Awesome. And we are in the throes, the thick of it, the middle of school getting back in the swing of things. Yeah. First week. First week of school. It's a horror movie title. <laughs> teachers already counting down the hundred days. Yeah. You go to teachers like Pinterest pages, and it's already got the countdown. Yes, this many days till Christmas. This many days till summer. I actually have a friend on Facebook that that's exactly what she does. Every day she she posts uh, a, like it'll be like a, a street sign or a house number or whatever, but it's always the countdown of how many days till the end of the year. You know what's weird is you know. Do you love your job? I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, if you hate your job so much, you got to post every day and remind yourself just, just twelve more days till Christmas. I mean, you know, right. Uh, yeah, but you know, I get it. It's a, uh, you know, I, I don't think most people understand what it's like to be a classroom teacher. Oh and, no. You know, the pressures and the daily of dealing with your kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. right. All you listening out there who aren't teachers, well, your kids. It's your kids. We know I think about that. You're you're entertaining. It's it's a daily soap opera that lasts eight hours that you have to entertain those kids. Absolutely. And teach them. And you know, keep them entertained, keep them excited, keep them invigorated, keep them, you keep know, them going. fed and keep yeah. them safe and keep them yeah. Yeah. empower them. You know, yeah. new yeah. word, empower them. Right. We use nine volt batteries. We find it works best. No, no. <laughs> Wait, did you use that word correct, Jeff? I used power. I was power. That's right. But no, you know, it's right. It's uh, that first week is always, but the first week is fun because, you know, to me as a kid, I remember now that was back in the 70s, you know, when I was in grade school. Yeah. But, you know, to get to crack that box of crayons open the first time, mm, yeah. the smell of new crayons, <laughs> the smell of crayons in the morning, you know, it was just, but, you know, you got, you got to finally sharpen the pencils and, you know, got to use your pencil box. You know, think about that. No one does that stuff anymore. Oh, but yeah. You remember by the, by, by Christmas, your pencil box looked like it had, you know, stormed the beaches of Normandy. Yeah. By the end of the year, it looked like it, you know, well, what happened to this pencil box? Well, we launch it to the moon and it came back and Briantree was heck on yes, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it, it's, re it's really funny I, now that you brought that, you know, the whole looking back kind of thing. I mean, I, I can distinctly remember, and, and I don't know how it, how it is, you know, it, it's, it, these days it's different at different districts, but, um, when, when I was a kid, we didn't actually change classes that I remembered until yeah. we got to like eighth grade, maybe, yeah. or yeah, maybe seventh grade, probably seventh grade for, yeah. for where I went to school. And uh, I mean, I, I can remember even, even now, just, just thinking back, I, I remember that first day and, and the only room I really knew was homeroom. Yeah. 
and and even then that was you know that was after a couple of days of trying to memorize okay I go here just 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 get in the building and I go straight here <laughs> down this hall and it's the third door on the left and I'm going in and you know Miss Smith or whatever her name was and, and you go in and you sit and then they're like okay well now homeroom is over now you're going to go to first period and that's going to be room you know 227 Where's two twenty seven? Right, where, where right. am I going? What am I? Oh, what, what I got to do? And uh, it's you just, know that anxiety still exists. Think, I mean, it still does. The sure, same anxiety exists. Except now it's like, okay, I can't be that person that has the Instagram or Snapchat picture of me, you know, going in the wrong classroom. Right, yes. Hey, look at this! Look at this one. He yes. came in. I got a Snapchat video of oh, oh, Jeff coming in the wrong room. Oh, look, he's he's crying. He's uh, crying. Yeah, yeah. That's I that would be me, but I would be the one crying. So. I'm so glad we did not have the. The just the the access to everything in life <laughs> that is posted everywhere. Yeah, the, I, I I really do. I feel for kids today, and heck, for that matter, the teachers and, and administrators and everybody else. But especially, I feel for the kids today. I mean, because oh. like you said, I mean, you do something stupid, sure. it's posted everywhere. We did stupid stuff, and yeah, you know, we looked around and went, nobody saw it, that, yeah, right? Okay, part. we're good. <laughs> there were kids, so it, yes. it, it might last the week. Right. Past the week, nobody would remember. Most likely, it didn't last 24 hours. But, right. you know, lunchtime was, okay, wear the right clothes, don't drop your tray, right. sit at the right table. Yes. You know, now it's like, you know, oh, what the, do I have the right headphones on? Did I, you know. Yes, yes. Did I take, oh, look, Jeff's taking a picture of his, you know, his, his ravioli. You know, wrong picture, dude. You know. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we could go on and on about the good old days. Uh, we can. But, hey, we hope you're having a great time out there. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.edutechguys.com. You can also catch us. Just, heck, just go to Google. You heard me say it once. If you listen to the p- podcast, please listen to the podcast. If you're <laughs> listening to the podcast, you heard me say it once. I've said it a million times. Just go out to Google, type in Edutech Guys, and you're going to find us. That's right. Well, we have to remind folks, and there are some folks that this is the first time you're listening, and we hope it's not the last. Please don't let it be the last. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to stop, drop, and listen to a quick commercial, and we'll be right back. After You're this. listening to edutechguys.com. Don't just listen to us. Bring us into your district today for cool, exciting professional development. We'll teach you and your students how to take podcasting to the next level and use it to reach your classroom and to reach the world. Reach out to us on Twitter at edutechguys or head over to edutechguys.com. Scroll down on the page and fill out the form and we'll be in touch. Bring Edutech Guys to your school. Hey, welcome back to the uh, show. We're really glad to be here today and we're really glad to have this guest on this episode. And I'm going to turn it over to him and let him tell us who he is and where he's from and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, David. My name's Carl Rectanus. I am the co-founder and CEO of Learn. Uh, We created Learn Platform. Uh, I'm a former teacher uh, and administrator, but Learn is my fourth successful education innovation organization focused on how we can help teachers and students personalize learning at scale. Wow, man, you're fourth. That is awesome, man. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> you, you're you're a little busy. There's a few others in the trash can too that we just don't talk about. But. <laughs> well, don't they say every, every failure is one step forward to a, you know to a success? So that's right. That's awesome. That that is uh, that's what learning is all about. Absolutely. So I'm I'm very curious about the. I like to hear about the stories from folks as to how you went from classroom teacher and administrator to launching at this point multiple companies. Um, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know the my family are mostly educators. 
Um, so I grew up uh, amongst uh, my mother's a middle school teacher. She just retired after 35 years. Uh, aunts and uncles who were administrators. I was a teaching fellow in North Carolina and taught here and overseas. Um, but I actually left the classroom because I, at some point I, it started very early that I figured out that what was going on in central office and the back office had a huge impact on what was happening in my classroom. Oh yeah. Um, and how that impacted classrooms. And, uh, so early on I had opportunities to move in and ended up being a CFO, uh, for schools. Um, and, uh, it also became clear to me that if we could help resources move more efficiently, if we could make the back office run more smoothly, it could help our teachers and our administrators focus on, you know, the really hard work and where they're experts and, and driving, um, you know, learning for all of our students, as opposed to all the other stuff that we know that educators are, you know, constantly overwhelmed with. Sure. And, uh, and that, that, you know, having had a little bit of success there, uh, ended up, uh, realizing if we fast forward, learn is really designed to help alleviate some of the challenges that I had when I was a CFO. Um, as I was supporting schools and districts and states and foundations, uh, in one of my previous organizations consulting on things like, you know, um, uh, common core and aligned assessments and how do we, how do we set up policies and processes that allow us to actually take advantage of uh, technology enabled learning? Um, it became clear that there was really very little data. Um, there were great anecdotes. We had, you know, I'm sure people call up Jeff and David and say, Hey, what do you think of X? Right. right. Or what have you heard about that? And, you know, in many ways, it's one of the great things you guys do is share those experiences and that expertise and your network of, uh, you, you know, through the website, et cetera. But what if we could harness that expertise uh, of teachers that are piloting and, and using these tools? What if we could um, automate some of the processes like, you know, procurement or even just managing those tools? So that it actually saved teachers time, but gave us more information so that we could actually figure out what was working for which students. Yeah. And that, that has um, driven me uh, and driven our team uh, over the last four years. Man. So cool. Let's talk about then that's, that, that leads right into, so what does learn platform do? What, what, you know, what makes it work? What, what, why would I need it in my district? Yeah. So, um, you know, most folks are overwhelmed by uh, the number of uh, tools out there. Um, and I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll ask you a question. Uh, our team has uh, analyzed this and found, um, you want to guess how many ed tech tools are accessed by, the, by schools and districts with more than 1,000 students every month? How many tools do you think they're accessing every month? Oh, I can tell you, you know, for, for my district, you know, just the ones that, that we, the district mandates, we'll say 30, yeah. we'll say 30. Okay. And then the ones that teachers yeah. pick on their own. So hundreds, hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't, we can't keep up with them. That's the kicker. Exactly. Right. So uh, I will tell you that on average during the 17, 18 school year, um, 
uh, the school districts with more than a thousand students on average access 548 ed tech tools wow. every month. Their teachers do. That, and that doesn't even so, surprise me. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, that's, that's more than 30, right? And mm-hmm. so if you think about, um, you, you know, what does that mean for student data privacy? What does that mean for, you know, let alone what's best for which students, mm-hmm. right? And, and what's driving. So Learn Platform is an ed tech management and rapid cycle evaluation system. It is uh, designed to help educators uh, and their organizations organize, streamline, and then rapidly analyze the impacts of those tools so that they can make better instructional decisions, which is what we all want to do, um, better operational decisions, which of these should we keep or get rid of, or maybe we could collapse, and then uh, better budget decisions. Because, of course, uh, you know, we can share some other data, um, but the, the reality is um, those resources could be spent more effectively uh, for better learning and for other opportunities if we know what's working. Yeah. So you, you, you mentioned something that, uh, that I want to uh, touch on. Um, for, for some of the folks that, that may not be um, keen on the particular definition of rapid cycle evaluation, so A, what is that? And B, um, what is it, how does what LEARN is doing help with that? Yeah. Well, you know, when we started four or five years ago, um, we would show people what the system did and they wouldn't believe us because, um, and we would show it to them with their data. <laughs> you know, and they'd say, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that's possible. Um, if you, if you, uh, so rapid cycle evaluation is, Um, if you think about third party evaluation, so we've all heard, you know, in education, we all know that we want, you know, when we started, it was randomized control trials, Mm -hmm. right? This idea that that's the gold standard. It even gets called the gold standard. Um, but the reality is randomized control trials take, you know, two to three years. Mm -hmm. They are quite expensive. They are out of date by the time that they are printed. Right. Because the product that you are actually analyzing has gone through four different iterations. They're at V4.2 and you got data from three years ago, mm-hmm. right? Rapid cycle evaluation is a method that is the equivalent of a third party evaluation uh, where uh, using data from products like usage data uh, as well as uh, student achievement data, like assessment data or whatever your achievement is, um, the ability to analyze that information the same way a third-party evaluation would, but instead of taking months or years to do, it takes seconds. Wow. And uh, that rapid cycle evaluation, so Learn Platform has the most robust um, technology. We call it IMPACT. IMPACT stands for Integrated Metrics Producing Analytics on Classroom Technology. So IMPACT analysis actually takes that usage data from product companies like the math interventions or curricular tools or courseware or other tools to understand how much students are using tools. And then uh, what's the measure? You're agnostic to what your achievement metric is, right? So let's say you're with that math intervention, you're hoping to increase benchmark assessment grades or uh, student proficiency is measured by the end of grade test. Uh, well, our system analyzes that in a matter of minutes 
and provides visualizations so that an administrator who does who doesn't have to have a PhD, doesn't have to have a whole, you know, uh, back office of uh, statisticians and uh, third party evaluators with significant indirect costs and federal grants, et cetera, can input or integrate that data. And the system helps them understand things like how much, you know, are we using the, the, the licenses we're paying for? Mm-hmm. And when we use them, is it helping students learn? In which situations is it having the best effect? Um, so I'm talking about that generically, but let me give you an example sure. of how I get excited about this <laughs> as a former educator. Because I could never get this when I was, you know, in, in, in central office or, or in school building. We had a great, uh, we work with a couple thousand districts around the country, 100,000 educators. One of our districts, this is just one example. Um, over the holiday break between first and second semester last year, they decided to analyze their math intervention. And uh, he ran the analysis. What I love about this, educators never turn off, right? He was on holiday break, and, he, and he's right. running analysis. And he, uh, he comes back and he realizes that they're having an outsized positive effect on, for their English language learners in math. What they're doing is helping English language learners significantly better um, and it, they're not having those results for all students. Some of the highest achieving students weren't getting those types of facts or uh, insights. When they came back from first semester, talked with his team, talked with the instructional team, they changed the way they were doing their math intervention, their implementation. Yeah. They um, expanded it for English language learners. Mm-hmm. They looked at shifting some of their professional learning for uh, their teachers who were working with uh, different populations. And what I love about that is they were making, that's first to second semester. This isn't like a broad report on like kids who look like this. This was these kids, yeah. you know? And so rapid cycle evaluation is an ability to be able to have that data quickly enough to inform decisions, whether those are instructional or operational or budget. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I, I love that they were able to, like it was over, it was over holiday break. Who wants to work over holiday break? Um, but I, I love that they were able to take that information and, and frankly, that they did take that information and actually do something with it. You know, a lot of times we get data and, and we see the data and, well, that's all well and good. We'll, we'll take this under advisement until next year and then we'll see what happens. You know, we'll, we'll implement this over the summer so that when you come back, you know, they didn't even wait for that. They were like, oh, heck no, this is working for this. Let's roll with it. Right. That's that. That's exactly right. And that's a mentality that I think uh, we love seeing, you know, when decisions get, get made. And the, the difference for us is uh, we, I mentioned earlier, if you want to understand what you're using that works, you first have to understand what you're using. Yeah. And that's where Learn Platform sort of sets the standard is Learn Platform is first and foremost an ed tech management system. So they've, they've already organized. And so they know how many tools they're using. They, know how often it's being organized. Their teachers know what's approved and not approved, how to easily request, you know, tools that they saw at ISTE uh, last week that they want to try or share their experience with products that they pilot. Those, that's happening and that, that information is captured. But because those things are streamlined, they can actually also implement, you know, changes mm-hmm. and shifts in those, in the hard work, which is where the professional learning or the instructional practices and the other things. Uh, so by streamlining that management, it actually creates 
better data on which to do that rapid cycle evaluation, but it also, you know, makes it actually viable to use that information and say, you know what, it's not hard for us to make this shift because we've got a platform on which to drive it. Well, and it seems to me, you know, especially with your CFO background, that districts could also take that information and go, holy cow, we've been dumping all this money into this particular program or whatever it is. And at, at, at this point, it doesn't seem to be making a hill of beans difference, you know, or perhaps it's even, you know, affecting things in the negative. And so we either need to focus on why that's happening. Well, we probably need to do that anyway, but figure, you know, figure out why it's not effective and, and turn it around so that it is effective or we need to stop dumping 250 grand a year into this program that nobody's using. That's, uh, it's exactly right. Right. I mean, as, as a, as a CFO, the hard part was like, it would take me, you know, I would have to look at last year's data to think about next year's kids, right. you know, to inform that decision. And, you know, you and I both know that, you know, budget discussions start in December. They start really ramping up in January and February. We barely finished the first semester right, right, um, right. thinking about that. And if you come to somebody, you know, God forbid you come June 15th, you know, before the end of a June 30 budget, July 1, you know, that deal has been done. Yeah. And while I don't, I don't, you know, to be clear, we're agnostic. We, we don't know that we know we're plumbing to help people make these decisions. Um, but if you have the information, it's up to you to be able to make that decision. And if you can have it early enough, um, the opportunity to say, look, let's do what's best for kids our operations or shift how we're driving implementation or get some more PD in here to make sure that we're expanding. Or maybe we only need 3000 licenses, not 15,000 to start. And let's make that right. You know, there's all sorts of modalities in this market that, that can be improved if you just have the visibility to what's actually happening quickly enough to make informed those decisions. Well, sure. And that's, that's the big thing right there is because just like you said, we start the talk in December Everything happens in the spring, but so much comes out in the summer with the way the world works in the last, just the last year. Think of where we've yeah. gone in, you know, in four years in technology that changes in, in weeks. And so rapid evaluation gives us the ability to go, wait, 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 wait. You know, what was going down in May is not happening in July, mm-hmm. you know, and we're going to waste money here. That, that, that makes me wonder. So when the, when a district comes on board, the uh, onboarding process has got to be just streamlined. It's got to be quick. I mean, since this is a quick piece, then adopting it must not take any time at all. It's quite simple. In fact, we, um, uh, so you've heard of, uh, forming, storming, norming, and performing, mm-hmm. right? The, uh, the team model that we know team efficiency and we teach in our project-based learning when we do team-based stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to go through this process. Right. It turns out that, uh, what we found and we have a, uh, our, our team is all research-based and we have a resource center that we make this stuff available on our site, but we have something called a personalized learning at scale framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very similar because almost every organization goes through that same, you know, first they start trying ed tech and you remember these days when, you know, the district wasn't really paying attention, but you know, Jeff and David are testing some stuff out and they're doing a few things and 
Um, you know, it's not a big deal, but soon you get into that second phase, which we call the hacking phase. Um, you know, that storming phase that is really, you know, everybody's trying to do different things and, uh, they're trying to do what's best for students, but it's all over the place. Right. Districts will tell you, it feels like the wild west. This is the thing that we hear the most. Like, what, how would you describe? Oh, it's the wild west. Like everybody's doing all sorts of stuff. And then they start to optimize and, and start to, um, uh, and, and then finally personalize at scale. Well, to do that, when you're at that hacking phase, we know exactly the three steps you should take to organize first. And then once you're organized, you're going to be ready to streamline. Yeah. And then once you're streamlined, you're going to be ready to analyze in a meaningful way, the way that district did uh, in Utah that I mentioned. So, um, you know, onboarding is super easy. In fact, we have a, a that uh, we have a personalized uh, learning at scale self-assessment for any district administrator. It takes about 10 minutes. They get a digitized report of where they are and what their next steps are. And then that's essentially our team helps them if they're ready to implement to start getting usually about a lot of the market is is at that hacking phase, right? Like, like we can be candid about about 70% of the market is, you know, trying to get control of that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the first step right. in, a, in a couple of weeks. You've got a place where all your teachers know how to visit, see what's available. You've got all your contracts centrally. You're not going to lose information. You're able to vet for student data privacy and other things. Then you can start to streamline and analyze as you see fit. And we see people go off to the races from there. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about um, what are the benefits for, let's say, the free and paid resources? Because I know you guys have a Chrome extension that's a free, a free Chrome extension. Uh, really cool. We do. Uh, for teachers. And, um, but what are the benefits for the teachers and administrators and the outcomes they can see from just using the free one before they make that next step um, to, the, to the paid resources? Oh, sure. Yeah. So uh, the, the, our product library is free uh, for all teachers uh, and individual administrators. So it's the largest product library in the country, over 5,000 EdTech tools. Um, our head of research is a guy named Dr. Daniel Stanhope. He and I led research that identified the eight most important criteria for teachers when they try by and use these tools. So what that means is it feels like a research-based trip advisor for EdTech. Okay. But instead of seeing, you know, uh, where 85% of all the resources are 4.2 stars and above, mm -hmm. what you're going to see is basically a report card given by verified educators in those eight areas, ease of use, content, alignment with learning objectives, features, et cetera. So you can access that anytime. Um, and one of the other things that you mentioned that is fantastic, I think, is the Chrome extension. This can be turned on uh, by an individual or any Google administrator can turn it on for free for all their teachers. Um, and it means that anytime any teacher goes to any of those 5,000 EdTech tools, their website. So if you go visit Khan Academy or Dreambox or any of the mm -hmm. uh, tools that you see at the ISTE, uh, yeah. you Flip know, Grid, Bunsy, for, all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. You, you go, um, it'll light up. And if you, when you, if you choose to, you can click on it. You'll see the grade for that product. You can ask other teachers a question. You can add it to your library. You can share your experience right from the browser. So it's designed to save teachers time uh, and information, uh, and and so they can focus. Um, and that same, uh, when uh, an administrator as a district uh, chooses to turn that on, they can turn it on for all teachers. 
it also actually creates a free inventory for uh, the administrator to get a high level view of which tools are being accessed across their district. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is, you know, as you, uh, you, you know, exactly. Wow. Like as a, as a, you know, I want to know what we're using. Like I can now see in real time what was used over the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's often something that we hear from districts like, well, yeah, we did a survey and we asked a bunch of people and we know we now this, you can deploy in five minutes and gives you the details that you need and you want and um and teachers you know get a time-saving tool all at the same time yeah that's really awesome man that's really, so um let's talk about this how do people get uh access to the free and paid resources what's the best way for them to get to it yeah so the best way is to go to learnplatform.com okay. um is this is the easiest way um when you get to that system you'll see uh when you get to the site uh obviously uh you can take a look at some of the solutions. Um, but we do have a resource center there. Okay. And uh, at learnplatform.com slash resources, you can see things like that personalized learning at scale uh, self-assessment. You can see uh, ed tech trends, like uh, I shared with you the number of products that are being used, but the infographics, the rubric that teachers can use, all of those things are free. And uh, when you're in the system, if you choose to upgrade, we'd, we'd be glad to walk you through. But that self-assessment is where I would recommend most administrators start um, on the site. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I do want to throw this out real quick, though. Okay. So, so we talked about all the free stuff, and that's all well and good. So how, how there's a paid site, which is how you're making your money. It's how you're staying in business. So what are they getting for that? I mean, what's, what's the paid if – I'm, if I'm a district administrator and I'm looking at this, I'm like, well, I get all this for free – why do I need to pay you guys? You know, I'm really glad you asked because <laughs> one of the things that's really important to us is um, creating something that is empowering and equips schools and districts to save money and to get better outcomes for students. So one thing it is not, we do not drive revenue from advertising from, you know, we're not trying to sell more products or sell your data to anybody. Our uh, subscriptions or at a district or a school level, um, they're in, they're, they range from uh, $100 to $399 per school per month. Um, and they allow, uh, so our district professional uh, allows a district to set up a white-labeled system, get control of all of its ed tech tools, uh, create uh, a site for all of its uh, teachers to see and share their experience inside the organization. And then there are modules by which you can do things like manage your student data privacy alignment with all these products or run your RFPs and RFIs, mm -hmm. uh, the procurement um, to increase your purchasing power or, uh, of course, run impact analyses uh, to help inform those decisions. So that's all driven and designed to help schools and districts save money and increase outcomes um, uh, and improve outcomes. Um, so it's, it's really important to us that we're transparent about our business model and what that looks like. Sure. And we know that when, you know, you know, full disclosure, when people start to get organized, now that you know what you're using, you're going to ask like, okay, well, where's it working best? Mm -hmm. And we're well positioned to help you do that, but you have to be ready to get there. And, uh, our team and our experts, uh, want to help that happen. 
Awesome. That's really awesome. Man, that's really also, cool. the, our listeners can check you guys out on Twitter, uh, Learn Trials, at Learn Trials. Um, uh, Facebook, are you guys on the old Facebook? We are on Facebook under Learn Platform. Um, and uh, I should mention, too, because uh, we are talking about new things that changed this summer. Yeah. Um, you know, ISTE, uh, and I, I heard the reports from the floor at ISTE uh, for, for, from both of you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um ISTE actually just announced something called EdTech Advisor. Right. Uh, it's a, you probably would have seen it. Um, it's a way for their members to share their experience totally free with all those products. That is powered by Learn Platform. Oh, that that's is our wow. system. You yeah. know what? No, um, I remember that now. I remember that. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. Y- yeah, absolutely. So, um, so there's a bunch of different ways. You, you know, we're just trying to be efficient plumbing to help educators, administrators, and their partners have the data they need to make those decisions. We're really excited about that collaboration, but that's another way to get uh, connected. That's awesome. That's very cool. So um, uh, we want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, It's really great to meet you, and uh, we need to get back together after, you know, maybe middle of the year, see what's going on for you guys, because I'm sure you've got some other stuff coming out. It sounds like you guys are constantly moving forward and modifying. Well, this is something that uh, all of our development is driven by educators. Um, so as you know, during the summertime, we do yeah. uh, get a lot of feedback. Uh, one thing I'll mention is that we have been uh, launching, we released something called EdTech Trends uh, around breadth and depth of use and things like that. And we do have an upcoming uh, uh, set of EdTech Trends that we'll announce uh, before uh, Labor Day. So we'll get those over to you. You guys can feel free to share. Heck yeah. Um, but, but certainly another one of the resources that people can find on the site. Too. That's awesome. Awesome. Man. Well, Carl, thank you for coming on the show, and uh, we'll be in touch with you soon. I had a blast. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Appreciate it. Hi there. I'm Jerry Prince with East with this week's East Update. This weekly update is not just to share the great things East students are doing, but to also give you some insight into the power of projects when infused in education. This week's update gets a little deeper into the power of real projects with the help of Mason. Mason is a senior at Maumille High School in his fourth year of East. He first talks about the opportunities and perspectives that projects can provide. I feel like East has really shaped some interest and kind of broken away those false images of career paths that we all think of of just a basic doctor or somebody working as a teacher but broaden my scope and my view of potential jobs that are out there where I can make my own job through what I'm learning in the East classroom and what I'm learning with other clients and other people and just the connections I'm making at this age opens up that opportunity to create new jobs and to explore new opportunities. In East, students can pick a project or technology without committing their entire life to that single direction. Mason takes a look at how tinkering can truly expand one's horizon. And I feel East is just given an opportunity to expand my knowledge in such a profound way with the learning of new technologies that I don't even use predominantly in my life, but just a subtle inclusion of that problem-solving skill or that uh, communication skill that I've learned through working with others through East. 
and working in uncharted waters is just part of the experience. And when you find that thing, don't give up towards the beginning because that is the hardest part when you first have a project because you don't know what your outline is going to be. You can't see the end goal in line. I mean, it's like a race. You got to go around turns and you never actually see the finish line till it's right there. But those are the hardest times where you got to just keep going around and keep pushing with the project so you can see the result you want. Special thanks this week to Mason and the students from Maumelle High School for their continued great work for their school and community. And by the way, we are in the recruiting season for those interested in an EAST program. If you're interested, drop us a line and let's talk. You can find contact information more at eastinitiative.org or just search for EAST Initiative on social media. Our student composer today is Neil with Infinite Overdrive. Neil, I gotta tell you, I've been looking for Mario ever since I first heard your work. With the East Update, I'm Jerry Prince. Thanks for listening. Hey, thank you so much to Jerry Prince and all of the uh, folks over at East Initiative for uh, providing the update. And a special thanks to Carl Rectanus for... Uh, sharing the information, sharing the updates, giving us the background on Learn Platform. Yeah, really cool stuff. You know, it, it is time that we start to assess our assessment, you know, yeah. find out what software we're using and how we're using it. And, and then those guys, wow, his folks are really knocking the ball out of the park right there. And they're they're the ones uh, running the, you know, like he said, back in for the, the new ISTE piece. So that's really kind of awesome. Very cool. And, really cool. Uh, you know, one of the other neat, kind of side conversations is uh, after we had this interview, we actually, Jeff and I actually met with administrators for uh, Jeff's school district. And we actually talked about some of those things that we learned yeah. from Carl. Yeah. Hours. In fact, we yeah. were here about a good six hours talking about that. So really good stuff. Hey, listen, I hope you have a great start of the school year. Um, don't forget to uh, color, you know, nobody colors anymore. Just color. <laughs> Break I out the see crayons. Your true <laughs> colors. Well, please listen to the podcast. <laughs> hey, listen, it's been a great show. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on this site is programs for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the Bee Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of High Performance Leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Everly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Caffele, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to the Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.